0: You are Locked
1: On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team, every day, every day. Every day. Every day. All right, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. We kick off a new week. Right here on LOR, and we are brought to you by Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Trust me, it does. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D ON O N. All one word. Locked on. And you'll get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Can't do it without them. All right, so let's get to the show and what's coming up. We will have another edition of our Time Machine theme. This week, we did 1990, 2000, and 2010. Uh, Last week, this week, we will be doing and going way back. That's right. 1985, 1995, 2005. And hell, for good measure, I'm going to do 2015. Why? Because we've got time. We've got nothing but time. So we're doing time machine theme lookbacks at the Redskins during those particular years. So we'll have that for you coming up. Plus, we are going to hear from Redskins defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio in two different parts. And that's going to start right here and right now. Jack Del Rio meeting late last week with reporters for the first time since mid-January, since before they, of course, drafted Chase Young, since really we found out that they would be retooling their defense heavily on the back end because at that point Josh Norman was still a Redskin, Quentin Dunbar was thought to be You know, in more than good graces, nobody thought he was going to go ham. And the Redskins now have two new veteran corners in Ron Darby and Kendall Fuller, one who comes back and one who is here or from here, I should say. Both are actually from here. But Kendall Fuller, of course, comes back to the organization. And then on top of that, on top of that, He has a brand-new starting safety. They gutted the entire secondary outside of Landon Collins, which we knew was, of course, there was no reason to, but it's a completely different secondary. So he speaks for the first time since then about Chase Young, too. Is he a franchise-defining, changing player, or is he just one really good player? So let's hear from Jack Del Rio, Redskins defensive coordinator, part one of two, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Hey, Jack, thanks for doing this. Um, I mean, this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you since the draft and uh, when you picked Chase Young, and I'm just kind of curious what you've seen of him in the meetings, how you visualize he can be with this defense, and you know, sort of where where you feel like the the growth still may be with him.
2: Well, it's uh, it's obviously it's a it's a difficult time, you know, to um, uh, to kind of approach this where you get you're excited to get your hands on your on your rookie class and 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 really for us as a first time staff get get in and get working with all of our players. So we've not been able to do that in person, but we've we've done a great job, I think, of of going through the meetings and going through the install and and Chase has been, you know been doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know, he's been paying attention he's been learning the system. Uh, and it, and for me, I, you know, I just can't wait to get going with him, but he's doing all that he can right now as a, as a, as a member of our defensive line, a member of our uh, Washington Redskins team. And, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him in terms of what he'll be able to bring to us. Uh, you know, we, We obviously have big designs. We think he's a really good player and we're looking forward to to getting him involved. You've always had that great pass rusher
0: for a lot of your coaching career. Could he fit in a mold like that? Do you see that? I mean, I know this is a guy you haven't even seen on the field yet, but right, right. Yeah,
2: no, we haven't seen him yet, but I've I've watched enough tape. I mean, he's, he's going to be a real good player for us. And, um, and yeah, I've been very fortunate, you know, I was, my first year as a defensive coordinator oh, yeah, in Carolina, we had Julius Peppers, and um, uh, you know, obviously, I go to I go to Denver, and we have Vaughn Miller, and and then I'm in Oakland, we have Khalil Mack. So when you have special players like that, um, they're impactful players, and in particular, if they're if they're about doing it the right way, and I and everything everything that we've uh, gathered in terms of you know, trying to make the decision uh, to take him where we did uh, indicates that you know he's he's a guy that that loves football and is is going to be a great teammate for us.
1: JP Finley. Hey Jack, thanks a lot for the time. Um, you mentioned some you know obviously incredible pass rushers in, in Mac and Miller. If Chase can get to that level, how does having a guy like that change? your game planning as the defensive coordinator, how, how does that impact the defense overall?
2: Well, I think the biggest the biggest thing is that um, he's still just he's one player, uh, but he's one player that offenses have to deal with. And, um, and so it, it creates, it has an opportunity to create not only disruption and, and uh, a problem uh, in terms of how the offense deals with them, but also creates opportunities for others. So it can, it can in effect kind of raise the level of play uh, throughout the defense. You know, uh, obviously Russian coverage has to go together. And so you'll hear me talk about that throughout the year, but uh, it's not about just rush. It's about, it's about Russian coverage and and them going hand in hand and, and you're going to need coverage to hold up so that when, uh, when our defensive line does win, that they can get there. And, uh, and so, you know, you could have the best rush in the world, but if you don't, if you don't have some coverage and make the quarterback hold it, and, um, it's not going to be positive for you. So they go hand in hand, but I, but I do believe he can be impactful for us.
1: And then just one more on a, on a pass rusher that's probably not been nearly as talked about is, is Ryan Anderson. And, and I know Coach Rivera talked about him being a versatile piece. I'm, I'm wondering how you see Anderson fitting in your defense.
2: Yeah, we're excited about uh, him getting more opportunities, and um, and we and we you know looking and looking at the film, he he did some real nice things. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to getting Ryan involved, and um, uh, I, I agree with Coach. You know, we we kind of look at it the same way. We think we have some depth in that group, and um, and we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna try and get everyone involved, and obviously. There'll be a lot of uh, there'll be some fierce competition for playing time and roles once we get started uh, in in camp.
1: Thanks, Rian and Walker. Hi, Jack, thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Um, this is just a quick question on Reuben Foster, how he's been in the virtual classes. Ron has told us that he's looked good in the recovery aspect, but of course we haven't seen him on the field since last year. What have you noticed from him in the classroom in terms of how he's absorbing the information? What have been your takeaways from working with him so far?
2: Yeah, uh, I think he's done a good job of trying to uh, be involved in the meetings. And um, we've approached it as though, um, you know, as though he'll be there and then we'll see whether we get the clearance or not for him to actually go. But in terms of the mental approach and in terms of his participation in the meetings and uh, being up to date with the install and getting the coaching and all that, he's been on point with that. So uh, the, the part we can't impact right now is, is where he is with his rehab and, and whether he gets the clearance to go. But, uh, you know, he's working hard, doing all the things that he can Uh, with us in the virtual meetings and uh, absorbing all the information about what we're going to expect out of them as a linebacker.
1: Okay. One of the things that you talked to about us when we first talked to you in January was about communication, seeing things pre-snap that you think the defense could have adjusted there. Now having worked with some of the players, looked at the film, what are some of the things that you're going to stress to these guys? Or what are the things you have stressed to them in the meetings that they can improve, Um, little things that they can improve, I suppose?
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of little things. I mean, you know, part of it is, um, is, is really understanding the principles of the defense so that you can react as the offense deploys. And so, um, you know, the, the communication is huge. I think the understanding of what we're going to do is huge. And then you have time when you're urgent in your alignment. And uh, as the offense deploys, you're able to recognize and get clues and and share information, but you know, pre-snap in terms of how you want to adjust and things. So I, I think all of those factors are are, are the things that we work on uh, that allow us to then, you know, be a defense that does combine rush and coverage and is effective in getting quarterbacks off the field on third down and, and uh, getting them into third and long and then getting them off the field. And so uh, that's exactly what we're talking about, being on the same page, making sure the communication is, is sharp. Thank you, Jack. You bet, Matt Paris. Hey, thanks for doing this. I was just curious. How do you view the linebacking room
1: as a whole, and what are some traits that you look for in a linebacker? And do do the guys you have on the roster fill those uh, fill those traits?
2: Yeah, I think you know what we have is uh, is an interesting mix. I, I'm I'm excited to get to get them on the field and let them compete. Um, you know, we've got we've got a blend. We've got uh, some some older guys. Um, you know, obviously adding TD, uh, he brings, you know, a wealth of experience. Uh, and then you, you match that up with a guy like Cole, who's uh, who played last year and, and was thrust into the lineup and, and got some valuable experience and, and showed some real speed and, and, and playmaking ability. So, uh, you know, we, we obviously we added KPL uh, as a free agent, and he's kind of flying under the radar. Nobody really talks about him. We're excited about letting him go and seeing what he can do. And, uh, you know we know he's a dominant special teams player but uh when he was able to play he, he played very well uh, last year in chicago so uh, we're excited to see them all compete obviously having bostic back uh and, and sean Dion and, and and those guys will be competing in the middle and and so there's a lot of competition throughout the roster uh, uh Kalik, you know we added in the draft and and so we you know we've got we've got a we've got a group we've got a group that's gonna be very competitive and uh, fighting for playing time, fighting for roles. And um, we'll let that play out. But I like the way they've been working with uh, the linebacker coach, Steve Russ, who's done a great job in the meetings. Guys are very attentive. They're, they're working hard at, at, at understanding exactly how we're gonna do things. And, and they're gonna be a key part of us. You know, when we talk about
0: tying Russian coverage,
2: uh, the ability to fit the run, the linebackers are central to that. So we're gonna we're gonna count on them playing well for
0: us. All right. So once again, that is part one of Jack Del Rio, Redskins defensive coordinator, meeting with reporters late last week. Coming up, part two. That'll be a little bit shorter than part one. And again, Jack Del Rio will address right away. The new secondary for the Washington Redskins, again, bunch of changes that we went over before we played you part one. Really, you have a super strong defensive line, and I think it can be extra, extra strong. Uh, maybe we'll discuss a little bit of that on the back end. Um, but then on top of that, you do have questions. You do have questions concerns uh, certainly uh, at the linebacker level and certainly at the cornerback level, but maybe they can piece it all together. And maybe with the pass rush expected to be so good that can cover up some of the blemishes on the back end or some of the lingering concerns and questions. All right. So part two of Redskins to coordinator uh, defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio coming up next right here on the locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell with you. For our friends at Bilt Bar. We told you about them in the open. We've been telling you about them for weeks. Go right now to BiltBar.com and you won't be disappointed. Amazing variety. You can get a variety pack or you can get one or two of your favorite flavors uh, and varieties. Depending on what you like, there's so many different flavors out there. I saw over the weekend a... Uh, line that they just came out with with real fresh fruit uh, pineapple and blueberry and all sorts of different varieties whatever your flavor is whatever your desire is i think built bar has something waiting for you and if you like a real tasting chocolate bar and a high protein chocolate bar that also is very low in sugar very low in carbs And again, high in protein and all the good stuff that you want as a meal replacement, as a post-workout energy stabilizer. You want to go to Built Bar, builtbar.com. And if you go there right now, you'll save $10 off your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $10 off your first order using the promo code LOCKEDON. Use it at builtbar.com, get $10 off, and you won't be disappointed.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, it is Chris Russell with you back here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. So we go out to finish Redskins defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio meeting with reporters late last week. And talking about that remodeled secondary. Probable that
1: no group has changed more since you guys have arrived than the secondary with some new cornerbacks and the safety. And I'm just curious, from the time that you started looking at this team to now with the new pieces, how
2: have some of your thoughts changed in terms of coverage, man zone, things like that? Well, you know, first of all, I think Kyle and and Coach Rivera have done a great job of of giving us a chance you know uh, you know we looked at a lot of needs as as we got here and and talked about you know the wish list of 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 approaching you know filling holes on defense and giving us a chance to be competitive and um, we I think we've done a really good job I think they've done a really good job of of giving us some pieces to compete with that that will that will uh help us be successful in the fall so and a large part of that uh, happened on the defensive side and happened in the back seven. You know, I, I talked about some of the linebackers uh, just now uh, in the back end. Now you're talking about, you know, we we were able to add corners and and Darby and Fuller, uh, Jimmy Moreland coming back, Morrow coming back. I mean, we got we got some guys that uh, will be competing there as well. Uh, be a very competitive situation, and uh, guys will determine roles. So. You know, we had a safety in, uh, in Sean Davis, and, um, and so you add it to a group of safeties that were really uh, pretty productive players. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously you got Landon and, and, um, and Everett and Apke, and so, you know, we're, we feel like we've got a good group that's going to be uh, very competitive, uh, and right now we're just trying to make sure we get everybody on the same page so we can play fast. For a guy like Fuller, who was a, the biggest addition you guys made this offseason in free agency, what's your envision for him? He's a versatile guy, can play a lot of spots, you, yep. you slot outside man zone. What do you think is the best way to deploy a guy like Fuller? Yeah, I think, you know, really, it just it'll just depends on how it fits and how it all works when we get out there on the field. We have designs, obviously, to um, be flexible in how we approach it, uh, whether it's a you know, man zone and, and what type of zones, match zones, uh, true zones, we'll, we'll determine that uh, with with the guys when we start playing and we start competing. But obviously, uh, you know, right now we're building the library and uh, having guys understand our system. And then when we get a chance to actually work with them and actually compete against the offense and, uh, and, and go through training camp and whatnot, then we'll be able to see exactly how far we can take it. But, uh, you know, for a guy like Fuller, he's he's obviously very versatile. He's played inside. He's played outside. He's played in the post. He's played all over the field. So uh, he, he's a valuable uh, get for us. We're excited to have him. Thank you. You bet. Sam Fortier. P.J. Hey, Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. Hey, Sam. Uh, some, some, uh, some players, including, uh, you know, Landon the other day, have said that the thing that's prevented the defense from, from playing up to their potential in the past has, has been uh, struggles with, with communication. I wonder how much have you thought about that or have you addressed that with the team and and sort of moving forward to to fix that? Yeah, we we've talked about that. Um, And, you know, there are a couple of things that I would say one, uh, you know, I want to spend a lot less time looking back and a lot more time, you know, looking forward. Um, And so, you know, uh, a big part of playing good defense is the ability to communicate and the ability to, to uh, gather information pre-snap and, and then uh, make any adjustments that you need to. And so uh, that that's all part of playing fast and being sound and solid. And we are working hard at that. And so uh, that, that was one of the issues um, that's apparent when you, when you look at tape and, and, um, and, and, and I also believe this, uh, you know, In 2020, everybody here on defense, all the coaches, all the players, we all put our signature on what you see and how how we perform. And so we're all responsible. So I don't think you can put it on any one person. I think it's a collective effort. And uh, and I do believe it's very, very important. And we'll be stressing that from day one. And uh, I know you guys are on opposite sides of the ball, but but what has it been like to be on a staff with, with Luke? yeah we're on opposite sides of the ball for sure <laughs> uh it's uh it's It's awesome that uh he's getting this opportunity uh and uh, I know he's excited about it. He's been around football his entire life uh he he loves ball and um, you know he's competed at the highest levels uh in in uh in college and um uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to have, you know, your son get a shot at something he's passionate about and uh, looking forward to that part. But um, he's on the offensive
0: side. So we're going to be doing some competing. <laughs> Thank you. All right, once again, that puts a wrap on Redskins Defensive Coordinator Jack Del Rio. Thanks to Redskins Public Relations as well, Redskins.com for the audio. My buddy Brock Plyman, Tom Brock Plyman, uh, back in the 106.7 The Fan Studios for helping me turn that around or turning that around for me and therefore for you. So as we continue to bring you as much of the sound as we possibly can, uh, we are efforting other things as well. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, And hopefully we will have some good things coming for you as soon as possible. Right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. In case you missed the last episode, we had all of Nate Katzer, the special teams coordinator. And as well, we've had a bunch of player sound. Jonathan Allen, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Antonio Gibson, Landon Collins, all within the last Week, week and a half of episodes, depending on how long you've been listening or where you've been listening or what episodes you've been listening, you can't miss it. Go and get all of that Um, wherever you download the Locked on Redskins podcast. You can also download the Locked on NFL podcast, any team that you're a fan of. uh, If you're a fan of the 49ers as well, you go to Locked on 49ers. If you're a fan of the Chiefs. You know the drill. Go and download the Locked On Chiefs podcast. But first, make sure you're downloading and with us and continue to be with us on the Locked On Redskins podcast. So that'll do it for Jack Del Rio. We come back. We'll put the icing on the cake right here on LOR as we get the work week started. And we will have a little time machine theme. 1985 for the Washington Redskins. Joe Gibbs at the helm Tell you all about it next, right here on LOR. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of
1: reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, we finish up the Locked On Redskins podcast. Uh, Just a a word of hope. I I don't want to promise it at, at this point, but it looks like, it looks like, emphasis looks like, Uh, We're going to be able to get that Scott Turner sound from last week turned around here uh, for you on the next episode, uh, barring any technical difficulties. So I hope to have that uh, on the very next episode, if not the next episode after that. I just got a lot of balls that we're trying to kind of juggling and uh, need some help because we're not in studio. Uh, and um, just want to make sure that we don't overpromise, but also hope that we can get you to stay around and to check that out. If you want to hear from the new Redskins offensive coordinator, the son of North Turner, uh, and what his plans are for the Redskins offense. We did a little bit of that last week in terms of – Um, you know, kind of reading you some of the quotes or what he said, but now you'll actually be able to hear from Scott Turner. All right. We begin a new week of Time Machine theme this week. We did 1990, 2000, and 2010 for the Washington Redskins last year, or last week, I should say. Uh, This week, we will do 1985, 1995, 2005, and 2015. So in 1985 the Redskins were 10 and 6. And that was good enough for only third place in the NFC East. Joe Gibbs was the head coach. Could you imagine being 10 and 6 right now and still only finishing in third place? How frustrating that would be, but I mean, you know, you'd bemoan one particular moment that made you 10 and 6 instead of 11 and 5. But ten and six, pretty good, right? And maybe you'd make the playoffs. You probably will with the seventeen playoff now in each conference. But there's a possibility, I guess, that you could lose out on a tiebreaker at ten and six, right? Uh, either way, the Washington Redskins scored two hundred ninety-seven points in that particular year, only eighteen point six per game. That was twentieth uh, out of twenty-eight teams. Again, remember, that was before uh, all the expansion, uh, or the current expansion, I should say. Points against 312, 19.5. Listen to those totals. You realize points per game now are, like, almost 24 points per game? Think about that. Points for 18.6. I mean, that would be by far the worst. By far the worst. And it was only 20th back then. And 19.5 points per game. I mean, that would probably be top five, if not higher. Pretty crazy, right? You may remember Joe Theismann. That fateful Monday night when his career ended. Monday, November 18th. As you know, that anniversary was... I mean, only this could happen to the Redskins... Uh, With what happened with Alex Smith and Joe Theismann uh, started that year, of course, played the 11 games, Um, you know, only a fifty five point five percent completion percentage, which, again, you know, in today's day and age, I mean, most good, really good quarterbacks are sixty eight percent, sixty seven percent. George Rogers, the main running back there, uh, back then in 1985, a thousand ninety three yards. With seven touchdowns. John Riggins, age 36, only played in 12 uh, and ran for 677 yards and eight touchdowns. So still had a little something left in him, uh, but not much, quite honestly. Uh, In terms of receiving, the Redskins had Art Monk, 91 catches, 1,226 uh, yards. Gary Clark, 72 catches, 926 yards, and a couple of others that contributed along the way. And real quickly, on defense, you had Charles Mann. You had Daryl Green. You had Dexter Manley, who had 15 sacks. Charles Mann had 14 and a half.
2: Hmm.
0: So that's a little look back in our Time Machine theme. As to the Redskins' 1985 season, on our next episode of the Lockdown Redskins podcast, we will have 1995 and the Redskins in the Time Machine theme. Uh, this was after Joe Gibbs left and, of course, after the uh, Super Bowls. And it's never been the same, even though Joe came back for a couple of years. 1995 in the Time Machine theme. And again, we hope to bring you Scott Turner, the Redskins offensive coordinator, met with the media Uh, late last week again thanks to our friends at built bar for helping us out thanks to you for listening i'm chris russell Uh, as always you should check out the locked on nfl podcast brian peacock matt williamson they'll take you through all the news all the information from a league-wide perspective you can do that wherever you download the locked on redskins podcast again thanks to built bar i'm chris russell adios